What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Bat Flip, where we discuss everything baseballs. I'm Lana Raby with me, Dylan Taylor, Kayla Mitchell behind the scenes as well. Got the brooms out again. At this point, we don't even have to put them back in the closet. They're just sticking in a in a corner somewhere. Um, we just get them out. Right. Yeah. We just need like a. We need to just set them up like like kind of like this stuff is set up in the background. Just post it up somewhere on a wall. We're starting um, a trend. It seems like a lot of shows like brooms on it. Oh yeah, I know. It's weird. I don't know. Anyway, um, Vandy boys got put in time out this weekend, and everybody keeps coming up to me asking like, "Hey man, what do you think?" You know, what do you? They're they're coming to me at work and different places, and I'm like, dude, college baseball, it's Tennessee and everybody else, as far as I'm concerned. I might be a little biased. There's a lot of orange behind me, but um, the way Tennessee's playing baseball right now, pitching, hitting, and fielding was much improved. Tennessee was a clear cut best team every single game this weekend against her and. You know, we're going to make fun of Vanderbilt in the show, and that's obvious because they got swept and, and they deserve it after what they pulled on Friday. But um, they're a really good baseball team. So I'll start with that. That's the only good thing I'm going to say about them. I think they're a good baseball team. But they got twaxed on Hawkins Field. A little deja vu. I mean, 2009, Tennessee gets a sweep in Nashville. Tim Corbin also checked Cody Hahn's bat. I mean. The trend. I'm, you asked for it. So, you know, a little bit closer to your hometown. What, what did you think about the Vols taking it to Vandy this weekend? Ticket prices, first off, insane. Let me just start with that. <laughs> ticket master is my mortal enemy. Clay but Travis couldn't get you in? <laughs> I, ain't got, I ain't got that kind of pull, brother. <laughs> but, no, I mean, it was, it's like you said, it was, it was a waxing. Like, against, I mean, talking the last 10 years, the most dominant program in college baseball, and you you swept them without. We said last week against Ole Miss, no drama really until that last game. Was there any drama this weekend? I don't remember any. Yeah, except for that first inning. <laughs> yeah, one inning when you yeah. when you're going against the best program in America. I mean, I, I hate them just as much as you do. It's just as much as anybody watching this show. But I mean, they they they've dominated people for a long time. But it, it seems like the the shoe is on the other foot now, my friend, and it was a joy to watch. Yeah, the one thing Vanderbilt kind of hang their hat on was baseball, and we just ripped that from underneath them. So um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, drop your questions in the chat. We'll be happy to get to those. Um, man, I, I'm just I'm just riding high. We're 9-0. We're on a 20-game win streak, 28-1, and and we're dominating in every aspect of the game. Uh, and I can't say enough about this pitching staff. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what they're able to do. I mean, hold, holding Vandy to eleven hits in a in a three game series. I mean, has that been done before? It might, it maybe has, but it's it's been a handful of times if it has. About two freshmen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, well, and I I think sorry, I'm going to chime in on the pitchers. I think Drew Bean's been talked about a lot. He's been very impressive. But he's probably you, – you've had him at third. He's your Sunday starter of the guys you have right now. He was probably the most impressive performance this weekend. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's a guy who isn't giving his, his spot up is what it looks like to me. I mean, how, how do you let, – let's get into that real quick. I mean, what do you do? Blade Tidwell gets gets a start last night. Looked 
pretty good to me. Gave up a single, but had four strikeouts. The slider was working, sitting at 90, 96, hitting 97 a couple times. So, you know, he, he looks like he's getting to his old self a little bit, but how do you mess with this rotation right now? I've I've been saying it ever since Beam started. I mean, it was always – it seemed like it was going to be him that was going to get pulled when, when Blake was back. But now, I mean, I think I said it last week, how do you pull him out? Now I think the answer is you don't. Like, he, he's there until he struggles. And so far, he – I mean, nine innings, what was it, two hits, complete game, two yep. hits. I mean, you just – you can't take that out. Like you, you can't. Blade, right. Blade will have to do what he has to do. But I mean, you go nine innings, two hits against Vanderbilt. You're not coming out if I'm the coach. Listen to this. So three SEC starts for Drew Beam. Twenty four innings, six hits, one earned run, zero walks, and thirteen strikeouts. I mean, do you get any better than that? Maybe Chase Burns and Dollander, but I mean, that's that's just part of your same rotation. So I don't even know if you can. I don't think it's better if you're not having to face it. So, right, the richer, yeah. the richer. I don't know what you do, but I mean this this bullpen, you know, one way or the other, is going to get better with Blade Tidwell or Drew Beam or whoever they they end up putting back there. It looks like to me it's probably going to be Blade Tidwell for now. Um, you know, still working on his pitch count a little bit, so you know I think he could end up being a, a long reliever for Tennessee. Also, Tony Vitello mentioned right after the game that Seth Halverson is on his way back. Maybe not this weekend, but, you know, it is getting close. And, um, you know, that just – Tennessee's rotation was already the best in the country. You're adding two – a preseason All-American, number one. You're adding, you know, Missouri's ace from last year as well. So – and then you have Ben Joyce last night who, you know, is is pumping the guns with 101, 102, all the way up to 104. And then he throws an 82-mile-an-hour breaking ball in there i mean it's it's impossible to hit you can't you can't touch that yeah i mean we, we were talking about drew beam being the odd man out for forever who we might want to start mentioning it maybe xander seacrest like i mean he he had kind of carved out that midweek role you know in tuesday wednesday game so it, it may wind up i mean that's just another arm for your bullpen then but if i i, I could very well see blade going to the bullpen like you said for for a role and maybe halverson step into that midweek slot just depending on how the healing process goes. But, yeah, it, I was just sitting there thinking, I mean, it's it's been on Blade or Beam. It, it could wind up being Xander Seacrest, who has done a decent job in that midweek slot. So, so yeah. somebody that's done pretty well is going to see their playing time reduced, which is tough. But, I mean, it's just the level this program's at right now. Yeah, and the, the talent keeps coming in. And, and it was, you know, the winning the, – it was building this roster, building depth, and now you got a ton of depth. And, and maybe – more than, you know, there, there's just not enough games to have guys, you know, play for you. Even this weekend, you, you know, your starters are pitching so well, you only had to use four relievers, and Kirby came in and he threw three pitches. So you really only had to use three guys out of your bullpen this weekend because your starting pitching was so good. Have we gotten Caleb's take on this? I, I didn't know if we'd <clears throat> ever heard if, about Caleb on it, if he – if he would keep being there, go with Blade. Uh, as it stands, like right now or later in the season, just right now. Yeah, right now. What right, do you do? Right now, I keep Blade in the in the in the bullpen. Um, he's like Landon said earlier. He's still getting the pitch count up. So I mean, why throw him out there as a starter when you've got a 
from the job. Um, you can let that build up. You can fill, you know, you can fill those roles when the when you got the hot hand. So it may be being later in the season still. Um, and then you need that extra starter when when you start postseason play, anyways. Um, so I think it's all about building up that pitch count right now. And um, and then you always have him there if if you have to go away from any of the three guys in the weekend in, in early innings. Um, a guy that can take you from the, the third to the, the seventh if you need. Um, like I think Landon mentioned him being a longer leader. So I, I think you keep him in the bullpen for now. With you've got guys, you've got guys that are doing it right now. Yeah, and how, how crappy is it if you find a way to get out of, you know, Beam Burns or or Dolander and have to go, Blade Tidwell is the next guy you face. I mean, Lipscomb, poor poor guys. Blade Tidwell, you get a little bit of Xander Seacrest in there, and then Ben Joyce. I mean, they're probably like, good God, like who else do you have? <laughs> Yeah, I wanted. I just wanted to get Caleb's take on that because I feel like that's kind of become. It's kind of become the consensus within the last two weeks. Is everything people people I see that comment on it's it's how do you take him out at this point? Like, I mean, it's it's a first team All American, and you you're struggling to find a way to get him involved just because you you can't you can't mess up what you what you've got going with two freshmen. And I, I mean, at the beginning of the year, yeah. Beam got off to a nice start, but what I was saying then was, you know, he's he's the, the layover until Blades back, the layover until Blades back, and now I mean he's see not one of the best pitchers in the SEC at this point. Yeah, I mean all three guys are on your Golden Spikes watch list, so I mean, and he was the National College Baseball Writers Association Pitcher of the Month, SEC Pitcher of the Week, Freshman of the Week. I mean, how do you how do you go into a meeting with Drew Beam, and you know the meeting would be fine. He would take it, and it it would be. But how do you really like look somebody in the eyes and be like, "Hey, man, you're the you're the third guy out. Like, you got to go to the bullpen." You can't. You can't do that. And it, not, not after saying, this weekend. You can't. I'm not saying I would take it badly, but I just I, would, I think I would kind of be like, "Yeah, you know, I'll do whatever." But what else did I have to do to earn a spot? Like, <laughs> exactly, I mean, like, yeah. he's done it all. Yeah. Uh, well, and wasn't Arkansas extremely dangerous with cops in, in a similar role that Tidwell may be in the next month last year? It was almost like you didn't want to jump out to an early league because then you were facing Kevin Cops for six innings. Right. Yeah. So if you do that to Beam on Sunday or Burns on a Friday, you, that means you got Tidwell for six innings and then probably um, Ben Joyce is going to come in and close it out and you, you better hope your pitcher doesn't give up any runs. Right. Yeah, just insane. I mean, the, you talked about the talent. Uh, and Tennessee's just kind of taking it from Vanderbilt. I mean, look at Drew Beam, what, what, 30, 40 minutes away from Nashville, goes to Tennessee. Yet Burns turned down MLB money. He's from the mid-state as well, from Gallatin. He goes to Tennessee. I mean, it's just – Vandy just doesn't – and maybe NIL, I, I heard somebody say it last night, NIL is a huge deal for Tennessee to, to take – you know, get some of those players from Vandy because Vandy's always had that scholarship advantage. Right. With NIL money, they don't anymore. No more uh, private school Vandy money. It's it's yeah. We're we're paying people for my concho jerseys now. <laughs> right. Imagine being the Vandy whistler and you know having oh, to <laughs> whistle the entire time trying to rally the troops and just failed every single time. Imagine <clears> sitting <throat> next to him. <clears throat> Oh yeah, I think it was the the Friday or 
Friday or Saturday game, they they panned to him one time when he was in the full act. I mean, he was he was going then. I saw some kid sitting next to him, probably wasn't older than eight years old, and I'm like, man, that's 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 probably one of the first games he's been to. If I'm imagining, you have to sit next to that guy who who also looks like. I mean, I don't want to comment on his appearance, but he. <clears throat> Kind of a creepy looking dude. He and, shouldn't be sitting that close to an eight year old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll never condone bringing a gun to a sporting event, but like having him would make me understand why he would think about it. Well, I don't Landon, know. Landon, verified Sam it. Houston fan. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, well, let's talk about the series a little bit. Friday, you know, the, the fireworks start in the first inning. I mean, I don't know why you would give Tennessee a little bit of fuel, just like Ole Miss did after Friday's game. But Tim Corbin thought it'd be a great idea to to start it up like that, and it can go one or two ways from that. Tennessee can be like, you know, you have the momentum kind of ripped from under you after a solo shot in the first, but after Luke Lipsius got a hold of a bra- uh, hanging breaking ball and hit it on, on top of Jason Aldean's rooftop bar and on Broadway. I mean, it was, it was on from there. He yeah. let the umpire know he got the home plate, checked the bat. I mean, the p- personality came out and Tennessee's just going to, if things don't go to their way, they're taking it on the chin and they're coming back swinging. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the aspect of it being obviously planned to, I mean, this wasn't just the Vanderbilt catcher acting on his own accord to right. say, Oh, you know, let me, I, I read this rule. Let me, let me pick up the bat here and take a look. I mean, you, you know, what, you what know catcher what picks up a opposing players bat after a home run. I just normally threw it back in their dugout. So, <laughs> yeah. So that was, so, I mean, knowing that it was planned and knowing who told him to do that and where the plan came from. I mean, that that's what, really added the fire onto it is you you know where that direction's coming from and it's already your probably your biggest rival so yeah. I, I love to see it yeah th- thanks for doing that tim corbin we we really appreciate it you know it's we like didn't need any education. more motivation yeah exactly um but then we got the birth of mike honcho the legendary interview in-game interview with tony vatello when he, he says it with a straight face it's just like you know, he's he doesn't even go to school at UT. He's we forge his transcripts. He's uh, really a 35 year old man named Mike Honcho. Um, and he's talking about Jordan Beck, and it's kind of taken a life of its own from there. I don't know how you keep a straight face and actually say that, but um, Tony Vitello is just built different. That's the beauty of NIL, too. I mean, this time two years ago, it's a, it's a funny moment, maybe a, a rallying moment for a team, but now it's money in Jordan Beck's pocket when he's he's already going to have a healthy amount here soon. But it's – can we call it the birth or is that the reincarnation of Mike Honcho? Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Or John, re, rebirth of Mike Honcho. John, John C. Riley. Yeah. Um, but, man, I, I want to go back to Luke Lipsy's home run. I mean, was that not just a statement? Oh, yeah. Your six-year guy comes up after something like that and just hammers one and lets you know about it. Yeah, I mean, the the home run is one thing, but knowing – I mean, I knew rounding the bases, you knew it was about to to come out of that. I mean, a team like Tennessee, when you've seen the celebrations, how they like to have fun, I mean, you knew that moment something was going to come there. So it was was exciting to see and it didn't disappoint either. That's – 
if if I was in that moment, that's that is exactly what I would have done too. Luke couldn't have done it any better. Yeah, and then you got that beautiful son of a gun karma in the fifth inning with uh, Vanderbilt the day before the series puts out a hype video of their new light show, and then come to find out they have never played under the lights, and so they just kept losing the ball. (laughs) Their lights work well. Blinded by the lights. Yeah. (laughs) Who's their contractor? I'd like to get in touch with their contractor. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, you're supposed to have home field advantage, but um, Vanderbilt did not. And they kind of screwed themselves from the get-go with putting out that high video. Two two things about the Vanderbilt team. First, going on the lights thing. They looked like the weekend and Landon's favorite performance. Oh, yeah. Um, second thing, it's not been talked about enough. After uh, Mike Honcho was ruled out in the first, they came out of the dugout like they won the series. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They were all out. They were all almost out at home play just about celebrating. That's embarrassing. How are you a Van- how can you be a Vanderbilt fan ever? And then after that, how can you proudly whistle with them? Yeah, I mean, that that's – it's not a – I get what you're saying. It's not a win for your team, like, in any aspect. That's – okay, you took a run off the board, but, I mean – He still went off on you. Right, and if I'm Tim Corbin, I mean, that's – I get why you do it. Yeah, if you, if you know there's a possibility to save a run, but the long-term ramifications of what, what wound up happening, I, I just – the risk-reward is – something you've really got away there and obviously he didn't very well yeah hate to see it uh and it seems like mike honcho is not over it anyway from the looks of his home run last night that went 451 feet uh and that was the bat he got after that one was taken so he was like yeah i hit pretty well with that one so i just kept using it i mean that that was that was in 50 degree weather and in the rain he hit it 451 feet what was the exit velo? Was it one one ten? One ten. Okay, I saw one ten. I think it was Lawson's four oh five or uh, one oh five. I think. I mean, it's yeah. both both of them were drilled, <laughs> especially I mean, Jordan Beck on that swing. I mean, we didn't have the angle from center field, obviously, or I didn't. At least I didn't find a feed with it. So I saw the aerial shot, and his the amount of power he generates in a swing that just looks so easy is the kind of it's it's the kind of swings where you i mean i'm not gonna go ahead and say he's gonna be a hall of fame or anything but it's the kind of thing where like you hear some guys where they take batting practice and it it's just different like it comes off their bat different it's it looks like one of those swings yeah it it turns the heads when they're they're hitting bp for sure um The bat flip made us, and you can't you can't get a better feed from that either because you you could only really see it in person. I don't know if you got to see it from that angle um, last night, but legendary bat flip. I hope Tennessee tweets out some sort of different angle from the highlights. But uh, Tony Vitello wasn't really happy with how they played last night. Had some base running mistakes, like four of them. Um, so not great, but. You know, let's get back into Vanderbilt. Lipscomb, we'll do Lipscomb after that. Saturday, um, so Friday you won that game six to two. Friday you win five to two. Tennessee jumps out three nothing lead. A couple extra base hits. Um, Lipscomb hits a home run in the fifth, I think. Yeah, to make it five nothing. Tennessee only had three hits in this game. Lipscomb had three. Drew Gilbert had one, and Jordan Beck had two. That was a, the only three guys that got a hit in this game, and Tennessee wins it 6-2. to two. 
Big hits, too. One, one more quick note on the Lipscomb game. I did want to shout out whoever. I know I saw Houston Cress, I believe, was the one quote tweeted or retweeted, but the uh, whatever fan it was that did, like, the Google Maps view. I don't know if you saw it or not of oh, where. Yeah. Like, you, you can see the outfield wall, then you see the stand or the grandstand out there, then you see the street and the sidewalk behind it. Just that's that's got to be the new reference image when anybody brings up – I mean, hopefully – to God, they don't bring up the small park argument anymore. But that's that's <laughs> got to be the the go to image. You don't even have to you don't have to say anything in the tweet, text, whatever whatever you're sending it on. You just send that picture. Well, that only went out because we have such a small ballpark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, four fifty one. That's <laughs> yeah. That's probably Mississippi State's left field, isn't it? Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it would have been off the wall for sure. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, through. Vanderbilt only had three hits themselves, so Trey Lipscomb matched Vanderbilt's entire team. And, and another great outing from Chase Dolander. And uh, going back to Friday a little bit, you, you did get to see some bullpen guys. Will Mabry came up huge. Um, Kirby Cannell got a big out, only threw three pitches, and then Camden Sewell kind of finished it up from there. Um, and then Dolander on Saturday was phenomenal. I mean, the the pitching ninja, he constantly just watches Tennessee games. I mean, right. that's, that's that's another <laughs> Dolander. That's that's talking about guys that make it just look easy. I mean, sitting there and getting up past the fifth inning where he's you know getting close up around seventy pitches into the sixth, seventh inning, and I mean, he just his motion looks effortless regardless, but he's still doing that, pumping ninety eight at the end yep. of games. So it's just. I don't know how he does it. I mean, it does. It doesn't look like he changes anything throughout his windup throughout the game, though. And it's it's the the speed does not. It hasn't dropped off all year, and it doesn't throughout games. So, freak of nature. Yep. Don't know how he made it to Georgia Southern for a year. That's Crazy. that's the biggest one of the biggest question marks I've had this year is how how did nobody nobody pick up on that? Right. He gave up three hits. Two of those were in the seventh inning. They're both solo shots. Um, so he had a one hitter in the going into the seventh inning. So yeah, props to him, great outing. And I mean, just Tennessee just keeps winning. And we said it, we said it um, I think on this show, or maybe on more important issues, we talked about it. How if Tennessee can, you know, be one and one heading into Sunday, Vanderbilt's pitching staff is a little uncertain on Sunday. So I felt good about going into Sunday 2-0. I was like, you know, we're, we could get this sweep with Drew Beam and them not knowing. They actually pitched one of their best guys in Patrick Riley, who's <clears throat> mostly been a, a long reliever for them. And, uh, you know, he, he, he pitched pretty well, but Tennessee just pitched it better. Yeah, and, I mean, Riley looked really good, but I think a lot of – a lot of that too. We were chasing a lot of high pitches in that game too, so it, it's probably a little bit of the energy coming off Friday. And I mean, it's a big series. You're juiced up. Everybody wants to be the guy that hits one out against Vandy, so it wasn't concerning. But Riley did look good. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. I mean, David Price it wasn't walking through those doors for Vanderbilt this weekend. I mean, that's no. that's just the reality of it. That's kind of for us as Tennessee fans, that's kind of the new reality. I hope that sets in that you know we're getting the the. David I mean, Price. 
yeah, Drew Beam, Blackman High School, same high school. I mean, it's we're starting to get those guys now, and I hope I hope that's the trend that continues. Yep, <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, we're gonna even even the playing fields a little bit with Vanderbilt. You're not gonna be able to just get everybody from Tennessee that you want, and, and then you know, kind of have your your pick elsewhere. Um, you're gonna have to be be fighting another in-state school for a lot of those. And seeing Tennessee's mentality and their, you know, the the culture and, and their personality, you know, watching those teams this weekend, obviously Tennessee won, but just watching them, how do you not want to play for Tennessee over Vanderbilt? That that was the biggest part of the last two weeks for me is, I mean, Vanderbilt's been the school for any kid in, in this area, really. I mean, you think back to guys like Dansby Swanson growing up in Marietta, I mean, still the Vanderbilt pool had – had some effect there. I mean, you've seen that just from their from their dominance, but you've also seen schools like Ole Miss that, you know, everybody – I mean, I love the Powder Blue Unis, don't get me wrong, but I love beating them more in the Powder Blue Unis. So they, they've got a little bit of the attraction on social media with stuff like that. They've got a pretty good social media team. That's that stuff that you have to look at now in this, in this age of recruiting in IL. So that was – Besides winning the games, obviously, that was the next biggest takeaway for me is you you did this against two schools that are kind of seen as one scene is kind of a trendy, like, cool school. I mean, Ole Miss, you know, they've got our our old friend Lane Kiffin down there doing doing the gimmicks with that. And then you've got the established school, and you go in and you're 6-0 against them. That, that was the next biggest takeaway is in recruiting, that that's going to pay off big time. Yeah, powder blue is cool and all, but uh, you still have to live in the state of Mississippi. So right. um, think about that before you hit that commit button. Um, <clears throat> Tennessee on Sunday, Drew Gilbert got things going in the fourth with a solo shot. Um, he was two for five with three RBIs in the game. Drew Beam, or I, I like I, I like the nickname The Dream. Drew Beam, putting it together, The Dream. I, I, I don't know why, it just, just rolls off the tongue a little bit. I mean, he's just – He's a pro. Complete game against Vanderbilt. Again, 30, 40 minutes. That's about right from Murfreesboro to Nashville, right? Yeah. Um, for for him to just go in there with all those emotions that you were talking about, being juiced up and everything, and shove it the way he did, I mean, that, that kid's a pro. After barely pitching in the last two years, which is the most insane part, which, which is another reason I don't know how you take him out because – He's doing all this when he hasn't pitched since he was sixteen, Sophomore. yeah, sixteen yeah. years old, maybe. So I mean, I, <coughs> you, yep. you don't know. I mean, we know what Blake Tidwell is. I mean, All American probably a first round pick. I mean, you may you may have a number one pick sitting there. I mean, yep. that's that's crazy to think about. Also, that, I do I do like that nickname. It, it is kind of second place after I heard Volunteer Fireman for Ben Joyce. That's oh, yeah. that's possibly that. possibly <laughs> the best nickname I've ever heard. Yeah. Even better than Volley Fingers? I think it's better, yeah. Okay, okay. When, when I saw that one, I was like, well done. That's that's perfect. Yeah. Um, Drew Beam, complete game, uh, two hits, four strikeouts, no runs, no walks. I mean, no walks in three three SEC games? That's, that's unheard of. But, in Tennessee, I think their starters, 68% of their pitches were strikes. So they're filling it up. They're making every team earn everything. And, um, you know, when you're playing good defense, you have pitchers that can throw strikes. You got pitchers with the stuff. 
uh, to get guys out and chase things. It's hard. It's going to be hard to beat Tennessee with the bats that they have too. That was uh, that was a quick note I had on Dolander earlier. You brought up uh, just how much the guys are around the strike zone. Is that that's my thing with him? Is you know he did get touched up for the two home runs. I'd way rather see that from a guy like that that's always around the zone and just never gets rattled. I, if he's fine with he can give up a couple like that and then still just go right back to sitting people down. You know you. We said Vanderbilt, good team. They're, they're gonna they're gonna hit a couple like that. They're gonna get a couple if you're around the strike zone that much. But yeah. with the offense that we have, as long as he stays confident, just doesn't let him rattle it, and then gets back to throwing strikes right after that and setting them down and making them look stupid. Like as long as we have the offense we have, I'm completely fine with that, and I'm sure Frank Anderson is too. Yeah, solo shot every now and then. I'll I'll take that. Um, but if you're getting guys on from walks and errors and stuff like that and then giving up a bomb like that 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 can take the that can be the difference in a ball game so they're getting blinded by the lights exactly yeah kid lord i love that um let's talk about lipscomb just a little bit and then we'll go into our mvp this might go a little bit over 30 minutes but that's okay um lipscomb i thought they played i thought lipscomb played pretty well I, i thought they got you know, a few hits on some guys. You know, they they swung the bat pretty well. They threw, um, I think every pitcher that they threw was hitting ninety or ninety something. So, um, you know, I, I thought they had a pretty good team on their hands. <coughs> I, I thought Tennessee was going to come in with their hair on fire and just destroy Lipscomb because there was that tweet going around of them kind of saying, "Hey, we beat you last year," but. Um, Five to one, it's hard to really complain. Tennessee probably missed out on on three or four runs because of, of base running errors, just getting back picked and, and stuff like that. Stuff can't happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it nothing great, nothing terrible. I mean, it's it kind of one of those games. I mean, you to me, it was more impressive on the Lipscomb side, side just from their mentality, just knowing that. You're going into this game, you know, you're you're driving over and Blake Tidwell's announced as the starter. I mean, that's to keep it a five to one game. I don't I mean you yeah, you said it it probably should have been a few more runs, a little bit more distance there, but to go into that game and not just completely get blown out, knowing that one, you're already probably gonna face Ben Joyce at some point, and then two, Blake Tidwell's you, you start hearing that he's probably gonna be the starter that night. I I did applaud them for it not being a 26 to one game. Yeah. 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 I thought they pre- played pretty well. Um, but, but it doesn't seem like it phases Tennessee to be the hunted instead of the hunter. Um, that number one by their name, I know it's going to get a, a, a target put on them and it probably has before the, the number one was put beside their name, but um, it, it doesn't seem to, fa- it, it seems like they're hunting to get back to Omaha is the only thing they're concerned with. Like it's not, you know, oh, we got to win this series. That like their mission is to get to Omaha, wherever that, whoever's in their way is. You know that that that's who they're eating that night. Yeah, I mean they they had a target on their back before they were number one. I, I think that's pretty much what you were saying. I mean, with Tony Fatello as your coach and the way you play, and you're throwing out quotes. I mean, now that you are number one, but you're throwing out quotes like, you know, stepping on people's throats that just keeping them down. I mean, that's. It'll rub some people the wrong way, but I think they had a target, or they they at least felt like they had a target on their back before they were number one. So yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to get to them. 
Yeah. Uh, and Will Mabry was huge getting out of a, an inning. Um, ben Joyce had three strikeouts, and, and he went two innings. That's um, You haven't seen a ton of that. Um, I think Will Mabry came in. He threw – so he threw two strikeouts, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think it was two to two, and it, it was a two-two count when he came in. Struck yeah. a guy out. Um, so when he came in, there was one out with a runner on second and third. He gets a strikeout and then gets the next batter to strike out as well. So he gets out of that inning. And that was a huge kind of like, hey, that was your chance, and we just crushed it. So Coming in in the middle of a count like that's not easy at all. And right. that, that was just the mentality side of it, of knowing you're coming in. Wait, was it two two or was it three two? It was. It was. I thought it. I thought it was two two. I think. I think it may have been. But knowing, still, nonetheless, knowing that you're in the middle of the count, and a lot of guys when they come in like that, their their first instinct is, hey, you know, let's get an early strike. But in that situation, the hitter's down in the count. He's playing defense, so you don't want to leave anything. You want to throw a strike and obviously get the punch out, but you don't want to leave anything just over the middle of the plate because you know they're going to be swinging on it. Right. Yeah, and then I, I thought it was really cool last night. You had um, Jared Dickey, who, who's dealing with an injury right now with, with a foot injury. His sister comes into town, hasn't seen his sister in, I think, two years. Um, she throws out the first pitch. He was able to catch that. Um, he, he had a lot of family there, so they did get him to pinch hit in the ninth. And, man, no foot, or, or I guess just one foot, and freaking ropes one to right field. Um, Tony Vitello said, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, when he – he's like, he came out of the box like he was, you know, about to get a double out of it. And they um, kind of calmed him down a little bit and just, you know, kind of limped his way to first and then, and then back in the dugout. But that that was really cool to see how they were able to, you know, make sure even if he was hurt to get him, you know, some action in there in front of his family. And, you know, he he didn't disappoint. One from what we've seen of him, I mean, that's Tony Fatello may have act shocked in that moment, but I guarantee you he knows that if there was a chance that he was going to try to get a double or triple out of that, from what we've seen of Jared Dickey, he, he's going to try to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and th- that turned out to be a run for them, I'm pretty sure. Was that in the ninth? Or I guess that was in the eighth. Um, yeah, it did end up being a run because Kyle yeah. Booker ran for him. Um, so, MVP this weekend. Drew Beam, the easy pick. I mean, I, I knew you were going to go there, so I went someone – I feel like that's the common thing is uh, a pitcher or Drew Beam. So, I went with somebody different. I went with Mike Honcho. Just getting that started off right at, at Vanderbilt. Um, he was four for thir- – he should have been four for 13 with four RBIs. He was – Three of thirteen with three RBIs in the in the book, but um, he also hit a four hundred fifty one home run last night. So how can I not yeah. pick JB, aka Mike Concho? Yeah, I mean, I thought about Beam. I thought about Mike Concho. Now, obviously, I, I don't know if I'll ever call him Jordan Beck again. <laughs> um, I mean, the entire rotation, obviously, because I was about to say Burns, but then. Uh, you think of well, Dolander was just as impressive too in the series clinching game, and then you think of Luke. I mean, getting it getting it started after you after you you had a run took taken away from you. I mean, that could be deflating for some teams, but then Luke just comes in and hits one like you said to Aldine's. 
sure Morgan yeah. Wallen. Morgan Wallen's probably in attendance. I mean, you caught it on his lap. Yeah, I mean, there're probably five or six guys. I mean, Gilbert. I mean, there're five or six guys that you probably could have went with that that kind of even if it wasn't the most impressive weekend, they set the tone in some way. So. Caleb said, well, the girl's lap, that was in his lap. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Only natural. Yeah. Um, I also think you could have went with Trey Lipscomb. I think yeah. he had the best batting average in, in this series. Um, he also made a play at third base that is a professional baseball play. Which was good to see because after, I mean, early season when he was tearing the cover off the ball, I know we mentioned it back then that, you know, it's good, good that you're doing that now because he had a – a couple mistakes in the field, so right. good to see that it's it's not impacting. Yep. Well, Caleb, do you want to go MVP? Um, trying to trying to come up with a new one. For you all. Um, it's kind of cutting out on you. It's all good. It's all good. If you just want to put it in the chat, I'll read it off before we get out of here. Um, I, it's Sounds getting like dark. a CB radio. Yeah. It, 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 are you here? Good? All right. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go the – we talked about this on this show Sunday. I'm going to go the whole infield. Um, okay. I know that kind of got overpowered a little bit by the, the pitching this weekend. But I thought that was the best performance from the infield as a whole. Y'all just mentioned Trey Lipscomb making a couple of good plays. Um, you had a couple of good double plays, some tough double plays that got turned um, that were huge for Tennessee. If you get that kind of play, we, we already talked about the the pitching staff and the hitting from Tennessee makes them look like the best best team in the country. If you get that kind of play out of the infield from now through June, I, I don't know how you get beat. I don't. Yeah, that's a good point. Great point. Um yeah, turning that double play on Enrique Bradfield Jr. is – I don't know how many times he's ground into a double play, but I, I'm pretty sure you can count them on one hand. Um, so, yeah, that that one was huge to get him off the bases because every time he was on the bases, he was making it tough on Tennessee's pitchers. So, yeah, that, and that, that throw that, that throw from Trey, was that Friday night? That just laser from third. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yeah. I mean, if you get that kind of play out of him especially – and then he's got to stay healthy too, which I know is tough too through a whole season, but golly. Yeah, that, you know, he did get eaten up last night and had an error. Um, so definitely, it just seems like they're kind of, I don't want to say took it easy, but I feel like they could have, I mean, <clears throat> I mentioned the the base running errors. That, that hasn't happened very often, um, especially that amount you know they they may maybe got caught stealing or picked off before but not that many times in a game especially with an inferior opponent like Lipscomb that that just can't happen so um yeah Missouri this weekend all ball weekend you know there's gonna be a lot of people hopefully the weather is nice I'm tired of it being cold and rainy as I go into Lindsey Nelson Stadium I guess you know just something about it we're winning so I can't be that mad we're also tailgating if you want to hit us up We'll be there. Um, I'm not sure what time yet, but we'll be in the the MVP lot right next to the baseball field. If y'all want to stop by, have a little little cold one. Um, I don't know about food. I don't know what we're doing. Um, this, this is kind of just like off the dump. We're gonna be out there, so um, stop by. We'd love to meet you guys. Um, 
Anything else? My concho will provide. <laughs> he will, yeah. He always provides. Yeah, he's got the flow for sure. Um, he's he's growing a mustache too. So getting it going. Love it. Guys, thanks for listening. That's all we got. We out.